Merry Christmas. Well, I can't see you, but I know you're out there because I heard you say it. But. Well, folks, we want to welcome all of you here today as we uh, think about our Savior and his birth. And all of you that are watching online, you can pause from sipping your eggnog and opening your presents and join us. But here's what I want to do this morning. From here on out, for the next 25 minutes or so, I'm going to be Grandpa Gordon. I am Grandpa Gordon. And I thought I was going to be the only one here today that be Grandpa, but I seen Rick Countryman walk in, and, and uh, he's starting to look more like a Grandpa. And Rick, if I had a grandson near me, I'd be holding him, but that's up to you. And if I see you take him out, I'll know what you did. You pinched him. No. Anyway, we're glad to have you. And the Christmas story, and the reason I want to be Grandpa Gordon is when I was a young man, uh, early as I can remember, we'd go to Grandpa Rumble's house or Grandpa King's house, and we always had and heard the Christmas story. And then we'd do the, we'd eat, and then we'd do the presents, and then I remember sitting around the table and all the older people arguing about the Christmas story. Little nitpicky things. Now, I'm going to really upset some of you now. Because in Matthew, and I know you have nativity scenes, we do too, and I love them. But they're not accurate. And the reason is, Matthew chapter 2 talks about the wise men. Luke chapter 2 talks about the shepherds. That's where Jesus was born. Probably in a manger, in a cave, out in the hillside. That is Luke chapter 2. We're going to be looking at another part of the narrative of the Christmas story today. 40 days from the shepherds. A year and a half from the wise men. So when you put your nativity scene up next year, you go ahead and put it up and put the wise men four blocks away. <laughs> because they are about a year and a half to two years away. And that's what we'd argue about. And because, you know, Luke's very clear, he's a baby in a manger. Matthew's very clear, he was a young child in a house, in a home. And can you imagine little Jesus and the Magi film that they made here was so good because there's this little baby Jesus. Can you imagine as a wise man walking in and seeing Jesus? He's about two years old and he's already memorizing scripture and he goes up to the wise men and he says, Mighty Prince, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. Who's that? That was him. Now, he wouldn't have done it that way, but I love that story. So. so what is Christmas? Well, it's simply God having a, a real longing in his heart to dwell with us. Sent his son. And he came, he lived, and he died. And as Joel said, he has become the opportunity for peace for everybody that receives him. So I've got this up here because I try to follow it. <clears throat> As a grandfather, you're going to exercise some charity because I might wonder. Let's see, what do we do? Oh, yeah, it's right here. So I want you to listen to the words. It says it right here. A Simeon who was 113 years old and 90-year-old prophetess Anna. Listen to what Simeon said. He took him, Jesus, up in his arms and blessed God and said, 
Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Verse 38, Anna speaking, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him, Jesus, to all that were waiting for the redemption of Israel. You have the shepherds and the manger. You have the wise men about a year and a half later. 40 days from the shepherds, you have this story. I call this the committee of five. It's the committee of five that got the ball rolling. It's the committee of five that are gonna give us a lesson this morning how you and I can take Christmas, catch it, hold it, and carry it in to January and February and all the months next year. We had a term when I was in Little League. I played second base. Somebody would be on third. I'd catch the ball and I would hold it. Freeze the runner. And then I froze him and I would go ahead and throw it to first. Then I'd miss once in a while, but that's what is catching and holding. They still do it today. But how do you catch and hold Jesus Christ? We have fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers and teenagers and children here today. And if you're in him, what do you do about catching and holding? You're all gonna have gifts today. You're all gonna eat food. But let's don't do what millions do. Tomorrow morning, let's don't take him out of the manger and wrap him back up and put him in the closet for 11 months and forget about him. Let's catch and hold and carry him into the rest of the year. Two questions you're gonna hear your children say today. I know, because I have had children. And I'm gonna hear them from at least one of my granddaughters, because she's so young. Hi, Cody. And here's where we're gonna hit, uh, here. What did you get? And the second one, is that all? <laughs> and from the parents, we're probably gonna hear something like this. Wow, now what? Was it really worth it? No. <laughs> Thank you, credit cards. <laughs> But think about that, the angels and the wise men, I can imagine them, and even as uh, the wise men were on the way to see him, but the shepherds out there, and they go back to their homes, they go back to their flocks, maybe they were saying the same thing, now what? What do we do from here? How do we take him, this miracle that we saw? So number one, it should be in your nose, to catch and hold Christmas, we need, need to openly share him. Openly share him. Simeon and Anna, from that day forward, verse 38, and Anna, she spoke of him to all that were waiting for the redemption of Israel. 90 years old, at the temple steps, seeing the baby Jesus. By the way, he was 40 days old there. 
Because the Bible says in Leviticus chapter 12, verse 6, that when a child, male, firstborn, they go to the temple to be dedicated when they're born 40 days. There he was, cooing, crying, wiggling, whatever he was doing. And there Anna saw him, and she spoke to, of him to all that were waiting for the redemption of Israel. My friend today, to keep the gospel alive, only takes a few minutes. A few minutes each day. Maybe with a coworker, maybe with a family member, maybe on the phone with somebody. To share the word of Christ only takes a few minutes. What is the good news? The good news is God loves you. What is the gospel? The gospel in a nutshell is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 3. Jesus Christ died according to the scripture. He was buried and he rose again according to the scripture. And if you place your faith in that, the Bible says in Romans, you will be saved. It takes a couple minutes. I love the story some years ago. Well, that's a wobbly thing. Some years ago, a piece of luggage fell off in Topeka, Kansas. And a man seen it fall off. He could not catch the car. He went back and got the luggage. And inside, and inside, he found a gold piece, something like this. And on one side of this $20 gold piece, he's seen the word Otis Samson. And on the back piece of the gold piece, he's seen the words, for 40 years, a faithful servant to the Portland Cement Company. So the gentleman did this. He got on. He, he called up there to the cement company. And he found Otis's address and his phone number. He called him and he says, in a piece of luggage, I got this, and I thought you would want your special recognition. The man thanked him. He said, I would love to have it. So he gave him the address. He sent him the gold piece and the luggage. One week later, he got a call, and he says, thank you so much for the letter and the gold piece. Now, folks, this man in the letter with the gold piece that he sent, he just put about one paragraph in there about the Lord Jesus Christ and how much more valuable he is than your gold piece. One year later, this man got a call from Otis Sampson and the gentleman on the phone says, I want to thank you again for that gold piece. But he says, I really want to thank you for sharing the gospel because my wife and I came to Christ. We're 78 years old. And we were baptized last Sunday. Thank you. All it took to catch and carry Christ was just a few short sentences in a letter. And here, eternity was settled forever in a life. The power of the Holy Spirit can work in so many different ways. And I know he works in your lives the same way. I love to go out to Good Sam and hear the testimony of some of those how people come and just a cup of cold water or a few groceries in the name of Christ and people come. 
Last year, there's about 128 came to Christ. That is catching and carrying and bringing Christmas all year long. 36 years ago, around Christmas time, I was up in Woodland, California in a walnut orchard, and I remember there was a man uh, called Juan that was working with us, and I was getting ready to go into town to get some, some drinks for their lunch, and he goes, Patron, I want you to, to go in, I want you to, here's some money to buy some rascadores, or whatever you call them, scratchers. And I said, Juan, I will be, I'll be glad to do that. But I kind of felt guilty. I went in town. I bought a bunch of scratchers for Juan. But I remember coming back, and they never win. And I said, Juan, this is 15, 20 bucks. There's something far more valuable than that. And I'm not very good with Spanish, but I knew enough that there's some there that worked with us that knew it very well. And we went and we shared with Juan the gospel in a very simple way. Juan came to Christ. Juan was baptized in the Sacramento River, going to a little church in Elk Grove at the present time, if we understand. All it takes to catch and carry Christmas is just a few minutes, a few minutes. Number two, to catch and hold Christmas, you must seek to live a life of generosity and serving. Look at verse 37. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. That's Anna. A life of generosity and serving. Some people at 60 and 70 and 80 that begin to slow down. Here's a 90-year-old and a 113-year-old going full bore. Never quit her life of serving and gen generosity. So here's the truth about her. Anna's affection determined her direction. And it's the same with all of us. Your affection will determine your direction. The Bible says, set our affections on things above, not on things of the earth. The most important thing for our life is Christ Jesus. Anna said her affection, that determined her direction. And my friend, it doesn't change for any of us today. I remember I stopped a few years ago. <clears throat> Are those real? Plants, they need water, come on. <laughs> Stopped a few years ago in Madeira in a restaurant in Cleveland Avenue. I'd eat there once in a while. And I remember I was sitting there eating and, and there wasn't any uh, guard between the table behind me. And there's four men, I seen them come in and they were loud. And they got in this conversation about religion. And one was a believer at one time, he said, but Christianity does not work. One was a Jehovah Witness. He says, I'm getting out of it because it doesn't work. And the other two men were laughing at him. One says, he's tried all these Easter religions. There's nothing that works. I thought, I gotta say something. 
So after a couple more sips of my pea soup, I turned around and I said, gentlemen, can I say something? I got up and I went over to their table and I said, can I just ask, one of you said you were a believer, you're a Christian. Yeah. Why did you stop loving the Lord? He said, because, dude, I tried religion and it didn't work for me. And I shook his hand. I says, amen. Religion does not work. And I had an opportunity, just a few paragraphs, a relationship does work in Christ Jesus. And there's times like that we share, you might get hit, you might not, but that's fine. Because the power of the Holy Ghost is very, very good. Holy Spirit is very good at what he does. But I remember sharing some of those men. I thought these guys look like they're ready to fight. They don't like what I'm saying. But here's once in a while, if I share the gospel, people like tell there's a, a, a wall come down. I use Hebrews. And it's very, very clear there in Hebrews 12:3. And I told that gentleman and those men, would you at least consider him? Just consider him. I didn't have a Gideon to give him that day, but I just consider him. Consider Jesus. I went back, sat down, panicked, paid, and got, got out of there. But I thought about those men. Their affections will determine their directions. You see, Simeon is talking about here in the Bible, there's going to be good people. There's going to be bad people. There's going to be people, people that will argue with you. There will be people that bring out the worst. The gospel, just mentioning Christ's name will bring out the worst. But the gospel will always nudge a person in the right direction. Would you at least consider him? If I would ask you today, do you believe in Romans 1 and 16? If you're in Christ today, you'd say, I know you'll raise your hand. he said, yeah, I believe it. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why aren't you ashamed of the gospel? Think about it. Christ would stand in front of you right now and ask you, why are you not ashamed of the gospel? You're not ashamed because you know it's provable. Christ did rise from the dead. You're not ashamed because you know very well it's personal. When Christ comes in your life, you know the change that is made in your life. You know the peace that he has brought within. You know that. You're not ashamed of the gospel because you know it's powerful. It says that. The power of God into salvation to everyone that believes. You're not ashamed of the gospel because it's preachable to everyone that believes. I am so thankful as a minister of the gospel that I, I don't have to tell somebody about some program or some 10-step procedure or 95 do's and don'ts, I just tell them about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He did it. It's done. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Have you ever thought about the seriousness of that? You walk into any mall today, you walk into any airport today, 
You walk down any street in Modesto today, and you're going to be walking about by people that are going straight to hell. That's the reality of life. And I can get up every day and I can wave to all of my neighbors. Morning. And I can wave to them next week and next month and next year and wave them right into hell. What are we doing to catch and carry Christmas just with our neighbors? And you know what? The beauty about being a Christian is, it's so simple. It's not a buffet line. You don't have to tell somebody, you're gonna learn a bunch of stuff, you just come to the foot of the cross, it's Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And religion out there has all these choices, 300 million gods, whatever. The devil says there's thousands of ways to get to heaven and all that, no, 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 no. Choices are confusing. You can get on Amazon tomorrow and, and they'll give you 3,000 options for a food processor. You get on Amazon, 13,000 uh, choices of, of a bathroom cleaner. But not Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6. Simple. The everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And we are the ones like Simeon and Anna here of old. We are the ones to proclaim and share and be generous with our sharing and giving that they too can see Christ. Not only from us, but in us. Number three. I think there's three. Yep. <laughs> to catch and carry Christmas, we must be willing to pay the price that Christmas ask of us. This is a hard one for some people. I'm not talking about the price of a, a Barax Buddy earbud that you might have bought for your kids. I'm talking about the price that it talks about here in verse 35. This was hard words for Mary to hear. Listen to what Mary had to listen to. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also. And for the next 30 years, Mary lived with that. Mary saw her son ridiculed and beaten and spit upon and made fun of and hung on a cross. Mary lived with all of that. And I'll tell you right now, to carry Christ into the new year, it may be costly for you. It's a price tag. I don't know what your price tag is going to be. But I know what the Bible says, that all those that live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer somewhere. It may be when you share the gospel with somebody, one of your neighbors. It may be at a restaurant. It may be a coworker. But if you stand for the cause of Christ and you live for him, the Bible says you will suffer. You may be laughed at. But you may save a soul through the power of the Holy Ghost. 
I remember a Beach Street over there in uh, Watsonville some years ago, a little Beach Street cafe, and, and I went in there with my Bible to study one morning and sat down, and, and I noticed the two waitresses, uh, two young girls that looked like twins, and they had black lips and black fingernails, and, and I just knew there's something different about them, and they looked at me and they said, we don't believe a thing in that Bible. I thought, hallelujah, no. <clears throat> and uh, well, I said, I believe every word in it. And boy, they started telling me they're hedge witches. And a hedge witch, and I've seen him more than once, I went back there again. But a hedge witch, they channeled from the dead. And their grandmother was a witch, and their grandfather was a warlock, and their grand their mother was a witch, and they were a line of witches, and they were part of the, the coven there in, in, um, in Monterey called the Bella Coven. There's witches everywhere. But they just were so proud of the power they had through demonic power. They said, we can break your arm. We can burn a house down. Really? I remember going back a couple of days later, maybe, no, maybe it was a couple of days later, and they said, we can't break your arm. They didn't need to tell me why either. And I said, girls, I'm gonna be praying for you. I did give them each a Bible. And I says, you have been locked into something that is wrong. Demons are out there, folks. Witches and Wiccans and warlocks and all these druids, they're, they're out there. And we see a ramping up of it in our culture today. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have no fear of the witches. We have no fear of that, of the powers of darkness, because we have Christ. He's far more powerful. And Megan and Tim are getting ready to go to a very dark area over there in Vietnam and Laos and Thailand and some of these areas, and they're going to bump into these kind of things. But they got Christ. It's far more powerful. If you're a teenager here today, you may be asked to pay a price. If you're going to college here today, you may be asked to pay a price. You may be made fun of in your classroom. Do everything you can to get in a school group, home group, church group, whatever you can when you're away like that because there's beauty and safety in numbers with Christ. Are you courageous enough today to say no to porn, no to sex, no to all those things that the devil throws at us like drugs and alcohol? For the adults here today, it's, are you willing to show integrity at work, be honest in your dealings? Whatever God asks of you to do, Speak the truth regardless of the consequences where you are. Share Christ. He's been taken out of everything. And there's nowhere here in the word of God that he asks you to take up a padded mattress. You take up your cross and you follow him daily. Thousands of people in our neighborhoods right now that need the peace of Christ at Christmas. And it may start with you folks. 
and the committee of five, they kind of got the ball rolling back there. And they went out and witnessed. Listen to old dear Anna, the prophetess. She says, and she spoke of the child to all. And I would suggest not just that day when she was excited, but the next day and the next day until she died, she was sharing the Christ child to all. That's the kind of boldness that the Lord wants to see in our churches here in America. Sharing, willingness to go to the neighbors and families and friends. She was the first missionary witness. Old lady. <laughs> and I find it very interesting that the Great Commission begins and ends with a calling out. Anna and Simeon that day, 40 days from his birth. By the way, the committee of five, Joseph, Mary, Jesus, Simeon, Anna. That was easy. Committee of five. I would have loved to witness that. And you know what? As you think about that and, and the the enthusiasm they had that day until they went to their grave? What kind of enthusiasm? Where is our affections being set? Because affection is going to determine your direction. And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but the reality is simply this. The Lord doesn't need any of us. He doesn't. He could have done all this and communicated all this to the angels, but he did choose you. He did. And he gave you this valuable gift within to share it with others. And I want to bring you to the final gift. It's right down here in the bottom. A gift for us to receive and to take home. I think it's a gift that can bring a smile to any face, now, I know it'll bring you a peace, but John chapter 1, verse 12 says, and he gave them the right to become the children of God. If you're not in him today, there is a gift, and it's free. It's called salvation. It says that right here. And he gave them the right to become the children of God. When you come to the foot of the cross to Calvary and you accept Jesus, you will have peace throughout eternity. Not just connected to a physical family, but especially a spiritual family. To as many as received him, he gave them that power. I love that. The prince of peace living in your heart as a free gift. True peace. If Christ was born in Bethlehem 50,000 times and never in a man's heart, then that man would be lost for all of eternity. There's tens of thousands of people in our community here today that need Jesus. And God don't make mistakes with this. He placed you 
at the right time with the right people, the right community, the right neighborhood, the right job, you are the ones, and I am the one, to share the Prince of Peace. Because my friend, my affection, will always determine my direction. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these dear saints in the Word of God and standing there that day for years and going in and out of the temple, and there all of a sudden there was a baby, and they got to hold him. And Father, we have had the opportunity now to read about the baby and watch him go to Calvary and watch him rise again from the tomb, and now he's in our hearts. And Father, not only nudge us, but prompt us and push us with your power that we can be more bold, more courageous to share the Prince of Peace with everybody we come in contact. Father, bless every family here today as they go home, continue to share the gospel with their family and friends. May we lift you up with our life and give us a keen awareness that this true Prince of Peace, he is returning soon. In Christ's name we pray, amen.